Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. There's no special announcements or anything this time, so let's just jump right into it. Pre-orders for a brand new internal digital-to-digital HDMI mod for the Xbox were just opened. The company Make Megahertz has just announced that these introductory pre-orders are going to be $60 each for the kit, and it'll go up to $80 after pre-orders are over and everything's in stock. So it looks like a pretty interesting kit. From what I've heard about it so far, um, it takes the data from digitally from the video chip, but it does no scaling whatsoever. So not that there's anything wrong with that i just you know it's it's just the exact same signal that you would have gotten anyway but it never goes to analog and anytime that you go uh, to analog and then back to digital it's always going to introduce some kind of noise um you know very often it's so little you can't even notice it especially with high-end graphics like the original xbox had any of those 720p games are going to look amazing through component even just through a component to hdmi converter um but this should be a decent upgrade uh and of course it should also be zero lag added because it's just taking the signal and passing it through. So hopefully I'll be getting one in soon for a review and just to check it out and see how it works and see if it really does compare to running the original through like the OSSC or just a basic analog to digital converter. But either way, I think this is a pretty cool mod for anybody that, uh, that just uses their Xbox on a flat panel TV. Um, now there, the HDMI port is mounted where the original analog out port was. So this means you can't have dual output without buying some kind of splitter. I'll try that as well. You should be able to just put this HDMI output into a splitter, have one go to your flat panel or capture card, and have the other one go to a digital to analog converter, the opposite of what you would normally use. So streamers or or people that just need dual output should still be able to use it that way with just a a few extra dollars worth of components that if you're a streamer, you probably have most of that stuff anyway. So um, either way, I'll I'll test it out. I'll see what I think of it. And hopefully I'll have that review posted within a few weeks. But this looks like a pretty good no-cut mod for anybody that's just looking for a, a true digital solution for the Xbox. Jeremy Parrish just posted a short but really awesome interview with Koji Igarashi, who described how the original Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past were much more of an influence to him for making the Metroidvania genre than Metroid actually was. Uh, and while some people may have heard that story before, I could listen to, to Koji Igarashi talk every day. He just seems like such an awesome character. Um, and I really enjoyed this interview. So while this isn't like, you know, you know, world-changing news or anything like that. I just found it to be a really awesome story and a really great interview, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who's even remotely interested in the history of Zelda, Metroid, Castlevania, or that entire Metroidvania genre. Strictly Limited Games has just put up for sale a bunch of Turrican games from both classic and modern consoles. So to kind of go through what each are, um, they're selling the Genesis version of Mega Turrican, as well as Super Turrican and Super Turrican 2 for the Super Nintendo that are about $60 each. And as far as I know, this is the first time you'll be able to get a physical copy, an official physical copy of Super Turrican 2 uh, for the Super Nintendo, I think. Um, so those are pretty cool, and that, that seems kind of neat for anybody that's interested in that. Um, the, the modern versions are a little weird, though, because they're split into two different volumes that 
cover all of the different games um, emulated on these platforms. So the volumes are around $40 each, and it really seems like all of these games could have just gone on on one media, not two. So, you know, I don't I don't want to say anything negative without knowing the reasons why, but a lot of people definitely reacted to this as, wow, what a weird cash grab to try to charge people twice instead of just putting all the ROMs and emulators on one package for both consoles. So maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's licensing. I have no clue. I'm just echoing the statements that a lot of other people have said. Um, and if you would like these collector's editions, they're... Uh, they are available for both the Switch and the PS4. One is about 120, and the other is double that, depending on which options you want. Um, and it comes with things like a Turrican documentary. Um, you know, obviously, it would come with both volumes of the game. It would be ridiculous if it didn't. Uh, and the Ultra Collector's Edition comes with even more stuff: um, an Amiga outer box, uh, an exclusive figure. So it's an authentic authentication certificate. So it's kind of cool. Um, you know, I I always have mixed feelings about these limited uh, runs of any of these games. But I think for me personally, you know, if you're a fan of the Turrican games, at least picking up Super Turrican 2, the hard copy, might be kind of neat. Um, but I just, you know, I'm never a giant fan of, of emulated versions of these games and anthologies. They're very often laggy and, and not a great experience. I guess if you don't have any other way to play them, then they're totally fine. But, you know, especially with the Amiga stuff, because especially, you know, here in the States, I didn't have access to a lot of that. So maybe it is just easier to pick up these versions and play them on your Switch or something. But I don't know. So hopefully somebody will do a nice review of them when we're released, when they're released. And uh, heck, maybe even do a comparison of like the Super Nintendo version versus the emulated version on the PS4 and Switch. But if you're interested in any of that, links are in the post and you can just pick one up for yourself. Vectrixmulti.com has just opened pre-orders for a complete set of reproduction overlays for the Vectrix, um, which contains one overlay for each of the official 28 games. Um, they're pretty expensive at $225, and unofficial releases have to be purchased individually outside of that for $10 each. But if you're a fan of the Vectrix and you don't have any of these overlays, it might be a good investment if you're a big fan of that console. Uh, and for anybody that's not aware, it's a, a vector graphics-based console. So imagine a mini tabletop arcade machine with one of those cool vector monitors. Um, and a lot of the, well, all of the games came with overlays that you would kind of clip uh, right in front of the screen that gave it the sense of fake color or or kind of added extra graphics to it. It was a very cheesy early 80s-esque thing to do, but, um, you know, I still have so much appreciation for that console just because vector graphics are awesome and can never really be emulated. You know, we're getting pretty good with CRT filters and emulation, but I haven't quite seen a really good reproduction of vector graphics, and I don't know if that's even possible. So um, I'm also, while I'm a fan of the Vectrix, I'm not an expert on this. So I believe there's been other uh, reproduction overlays made in the past. I have no idea how this would compare to them. Uh, it just seems like VectrixMulti.com has just taken... Uh, taking a lot of steps to try to make these be as high quality as possible. So if you know anything about these, please let us all know down in the comments. And if you're interested in Ona Vectrix, the links are all right there. I just did an interview with Jim, aka Kid Shore Yukin. Um, he's somebody that we have a bunch of mutual friends and his name kept coming up. So I figured, hey, this guy's obviously very comfortable doing podcasts and he's somebody that I'd like to get to know. So 
why don't we do a podcast called Getting to Know Kids Sure You Can? Uh, and based on the comments, it seemed to go really well. Um, you know, this is one of these things where I think most people probably listen audio only. There, All of these interviews are always on every single audio podcast platform. And if I'm missing one, let me know and I'll add it too. Uh, you know, if you do want to watch it on YouTube, the video is there, but it's just very typical side-by-side, two people talking video. So totally understand why most people listen audio only. But uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, Jim C awesome and I really hope that I get to go do a video with him out in Japan once the world starts to unlock itself hopefully soon um, but I guess we'll figure all of that out when it comes uh, if you're interested at all it's available everywhere as usual and uh, I definitely recommend it because Jim's channel seems awesome and I'd like to see uh, I'd really like to do more with him and that whole crew of people that really know Japanese gaming very well a new Wonder Boy game was just announced called Asa in Monster World. I'm pretty sure I'm getting that pronunciation wrong, but it seems to be pretty much a direct sequel of the 1994 Wonder Boy 4. Um, and the creator, composer, character designer, and creative manager have all reunited in order to make this sequel to it. Um, now, there was a bunch of people kind of complaining about the look of it and how they didn't like the way the graphics progressed from the original, but... I gotta say, I, I loved it. I, I mean, I have an appreciation for both styles of graphics. That 16-bit, and I guess whatever you would call the graphics on Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, those are generally my favorite style of graphics. Uh, but I really love how some of the modern versions of these games have looked. I enjoyed both Wonder Boy games. I don't remember if I finished the second one. I think the second one was a bit maddening, and I don't think I ever got around to completing it, meaning the one that's available on the Switch. Um, but this looks pretty cool, too, and I'm definitely going to give it a chance. Um, IGN has the full story on it, and uh, it looks like the game's going to be released in early 2021 on both the PS4 and the Switch. Um, and hopefully, you know, PS5 if that happens, too. But uh, I, I'm definitely going to be buying this one. I Side-scrolling adventure Metroidvania-style games are always my favorites and I don't really care if they're old or new that's just kind of my favorite style so really looking forward to it and I think many people listening probably would as well the 3DO RGB mod kit is now available at RetroGamerStuff.com. It's in stock and ready to go for $80 for the full kit. Uh, so if you were looking to pick one of those up, it looks like this is going to be the place to get them. Um, and for anybody unaware, Dan, aka Citrus3000PSI, had created this mod. And then at one point said once stock runs out, he's not going to make any more, but open sourced the project, which is awesome. So a few people said that they were going to look into getting these kits made to keep the project alive um, and it looks like retrogamerstuff.com was the first one to step up and I'm really happy about that because you know the 3DO RGB kits are never going to sell as much as like an N64 one um, but it's still pretty awesome and it adds a bunch of cool stuff and getting a kit like this made is not very easy anytime you have a flex cable like this it really complicates things um, the kit itself for anyone who missed the video I did on it it's important for a couple of reasons because while while, yes, the 3DO uh, does output S-Video and I think all models, and it does look good, it's mostly locked to 480i. Now, there's some Japanese versions of it that have a switch back and forth, but um, this mod adds RGB output and adds a switch that allows you to run games in 240p mode, and so many games look much better in progressive scan than they do in 480i. Some FMV-based games might look better in the higher resolution, but generally speaking, 
the combination of both of those things in one kit really makes it stand out and makes it kind of a must-have if you're a big, you know, a huge 3DO enthusiast. If you're just a casual collector, you know, I don't know if I would go through the trouble for that, but if you actually really enjoy playing it, this is definitely something that I would recommend. So please check out the video on it. It's uh, about a year old, but I don't think anything's changed, so it's still 100% accurate. Uh, And if you think that this mod's for you, now you can get it at RetroGamerStuff.com. The game Arrakis Revolution was just released for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive. Um, And this is a game that Ray covered, uh, I think, last year at some point. And one of the cool things about it is it's a Mode 7 style shooter game for the Sega Genesis. So it's kind of a technically cool game, and it seemed like a lot of fun to play. Um, Physical copies of the game are being sold from between $40 to $60, depending on if you want just the cartridge or complete in box with a manual. And if you want to purchase a digital version, it's just $15 and you could be uh, play it on any one of the Genesis flash carts. And also Stika did a pretty good review of the game as well. So maybe check out Stika's video and see if the game's for you. But I'm just always really happy to see new games on old consoles, especially when they try to do something unique and different, like, you know, a different way of doing the graphics or sound or a style of game that wasn't common on the Genesis. Not saying shooters weren't common. I'm just in general, I like saying when seeing when weird and different things get applied to it. So uh, very cool that this is a thing, and please check it out if you're interested. I'm sure most of you probably have heard that there's a new video game documentary out on Netflix called High Score, and Ray came up with a pretty cool idea that uh, I really had fun going along with. Um, Ray's idea was that maybe a bunch of the writers post our own kind of combined review of what we thought about the uh, the documentary and we each took the time to kind of post our own thoughts and I think it's still updating I think some other people are still going to be adding stuff so it might it might be a little longer by the time you read this but I really enjoyed hearing everybody's thoughts and perspectives on it especially coming from people who you know each one of us are very different have uh, all love this stuff equally but we have different favorites for the type of games the type of consoles we like so it was really cool to hear everybody's perspective different perspectives combined into one so if you're interested in that you know I kind of I enjoyed writing it and I think it was a pretty cool post, but we also talked about possibly doing like a live stream and maybe it'll be, you know, it'll be the next retro RGB writers podcast, but this would be the focus and main topic. So we talk about this first and then, you know, if we feel like it, maybe still keep going and just, just randomly shoot the shit afterwards. But um, I would definitely like to hear your thoughts on that. Is a live stream with us talking about our thoughts on high score something that you would want to see? Uh, is it just something you'd all ignore because, you know, you've watched the documentary yourself and have your own thoughts? You know, I'm, I'm just always interested in doing what people would enjoy seeing. So, you know, as long as your criticism is fair, I'm always listening and paying attention. Um, the one thing I guess we all kind of agreed on about this i think uh, we all agreed on is that i don't think this was any of our favorite video game documentary and there was a lot of nitpicks we each had about it but it's not bad so if you've never seen a video game documentary before you know people tend to like things that are new and shiny so this is a perfectly good one to start with Um, but i did specifically remember a couple of facts they got kind of wrong and a few of my own nitpicks about it but overall it's certainly not bad um and i really think you know if you're interested and haven't seen it yet maybe read the post uh and hopefully maybe even check out a live stream that we'll do just kind of discussing it but definitely interested in hearing your thoughts and um and hopefully even doing that soon 
Well, looks like a short one this week. Um, I'm always totally cool with that. I always talk about each of these things as much as I feel necessary, which is often too much. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and you know, also, there's a bunch of other stuff I wanted to write about, and I just haven't had time. But none of it is time sensitive. So there's nothing that's in my pending list that's you know that you have to get now. There's no pre-orders about to close or anything like that. So hopefully, I'll find time this week, and next week's will probably be much longer because I'll catch up with all the backlog of posts. I wanted to write. So anyway, uh, as always, thanks so much to everybody that watches and listens and plays nicely in the comments. And especially thank you to everybody that supports on any support services such as Floatplane and Patreon, because without you, none of these videos or any of the research I'm involved in could happen. So thank you all so much, and I'll see you next week.